This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers. And 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Welcome, everybody, back to the Domcast Episode 8, where, with any luck, we will not have to restart the NBA at a later date. Yes, uh, <laughs> as I said, probably... One or two podcasts before the NBA season started, I was wondering why nobody was mentioning the fact that we're in a global pandemic and that the season wasn't going to go that smoothly, at least for the start, right? Because I felt like much of the talk was just who's going to win the championship, who's going to be, you know, our regular basketball talk. And it was as, it was it was really as if we weren't going through what we were going through. And I mentioned that we were probably spoiled because of the bubble. We were the only league to actually try a bubble because we were the only league that was capable of it. And it worked beautifully. There were zero cases, guys. Only time guys were missing games were if they stupidly forgot to get tested before. Because I, I don't know how that was happening, but it happened a couple times. And, you know, at this point, luckily, we haven't actually ran into an outbreak on teams. We haven't had teams being ravaged by it where the whole organization organization, <laughs> organization catches it and they have to shut down and all that really it's contact tracing at the moment it's contact tracing it's health and safety protocols i'm so goddamn tired of that freeze health and safety protocols are putting up wilt numbers right now it's crazy and uh because of that i swear most of my topics like when i run into a topic throughout the week i I copy it to my microsoft document and like half of these were players being (laughs) quarantined for seven uh seven to 14 days so uh i will do the podcast a little bit differently this week on the nba section i'm actually going to start with the standings because i feel like that might help me a little bit but before we get to the nba section as always i let you know what you may or may not have missed as in terms of content throughout the week for content, I posted a couple of videos here, actually, playing out online. I tried my first hand in actually bringing games from The Sims that we do on Twitch to YouTube because certain some of those games deserve to be seen by more than just the Twitch chat. And uh, the fact that people were betting channel points on it, too, made it hilarious. So I posted a video with that here as well. On the main channel, oh, and obviously, yeah, that means we did finish the Classic Team Sim on Twitch, so that took us two full streams. Because of the betting, it took way longer. So we did that there. We also did uh, some more Play Now online, because Play Now online actually works, so I'm kind of doing like a road to uh, Hall of Fame, I think is the is the best rank you can get in Play Now online. So we're kind of doing that on Twitch these days, because they actually give you your wins. Because when we first started playing, they weren't giving us wins. If you didn't know, if you didn't have PS5, we were just playing for shits and giggles. So it's actually pretty cool now. 
And uh, on the main channel, I made uh, uh, Tyrese Halliburton video. It finally, it was finally about that time. I always knew that day was going to come, and uh, it did, because he's been hooping this season. Your man's just been balling out, so that's there if you haven't seen it. There will be more videos on both channels this week. I already have it all kind of planned out. And, oh yeah, VOD 2K. VOD 2K has been getting plenty. I think we're up to the 2005 season now. I think I've completed up to the 05 season on VOD 2K. It's getting updated just about every day or every other day. Somebody came in my Twitch chat like, can you post on VOD 2K? I'm like, I post on VOD 2K every single day. But I can't be mad. It's not like I advertise it. I only talk about it here. So if you care about that type of stuff, that is, that, that's going pretty smoothly. Thank you, Core i9. Um, so moving on to the NBA section, yeah, what I'm going to do this week, and it may stay this way. I don't know. This might be the appropriate way. Normally, I normally I wait until the end of the podcast to go to standings and read off the standings. But this week, like especially last night, I was watching basketball last night and I was like, bro, this is just dry. The matchups were mostly dry. Even the ones that weren't dry, like the Lakers and Rockets were basically blowouts. And so, um, yeah, the topics this week kind of, they, they didn't feel as inspiring. So standings might help with that a little bit, especially so I get to I get to more teams. Because sometimes I'd be having shit to say about a squad I, I don't even get to it. So starting in the Eastern Conference, you have the Philadelphia 76ers at 7-3. and three. They're tied with Boston, actually. Or Boston is tied with them. They are tied for the first seed. Indiana is behind them at 6-3. and three. They've been having a good season so far. Ooh, the Orlando Magic tragic man tragic 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 they're six and four things are finally catching up i think they started the season like undefeated for the first four or five games nobody really paid it any attention if you weren't in orlando because why would you <laughs> but they i don't want to roast the magic bro i don't want to roast the magic things were actually looking nice until until they weren't they're actually tied with the bucks there the bucks are six and four they're having a disappointing start to the season it's a good thing Giannis already signed the supermax the knicks are five and five bro they're not zero and ten they are five and five and they are looking pretty nice you know relative to the knicks right sorry i just got a notification while i'm recording i really gotta do better i gotta cut those off but i'm not on obs i'm not on obs so y'all didn't hear it uh, the Cavaliers are also 5-5, five and five, and then the Hornets rounded out at the 8th seed. So that leaves teams like the Hawks, the Nets, and the Heat all outside of the top 8. Again, it's early and things are really, really ratchet right now, but these teams are all at 500 or below 500. And then there's the Raptors at 2-7. and seven. That's, that's, uh, that's one thing I didn't see happening this year. You go to the Western Conference, the Lakers are 8-3, and three, predictably. They are first seed in the Western Conference. The Suns are right behind them, though only half a game at 7-3. and three. Uh, The Clippers at 3rd, 7-4. The Jazz, the Warriors at fifth, and then the Mavericks have worked their way in there. They're getting Porzingis back today. That's good news. And then Portland and OKC round that one out. And yes, OKC is being competitive without Chris Paul. They still have a good product on the floor. It's like they just refuse to tank, right? We thought they were participating in the, the fade for Cade possibly this year. And it's early, so they still might. But at the moment, this is just looking like more OKC things. They have not had a bad season not had a really bad season if it weren't due to injuries since uh since they moved to okc really it's crazy then that leaves teams like the spurs nuggets pelicans kings and rockets all in the outskirts and they are all at 500 or below 500 so what are the things we notice here well <laughs> the philadelphia seven sixers <laughs> more like right i saw that one on twitter it was a good one the sixers the other day were forced to play a game with like eight players basically doc rivers joked that they were gonna have to play dwight howard at point guard and i think they were the first example of a team suffering because of covid Steph, i was about to say steph definitely not steph 
that was Seth Curry that had COVID. They found out during the game he had COVID. Now, that was one I didn't know could happen uh, because these guys get tested multiple times. I think they test twice on game days. And so, again, tests are only snapshots in time. And they just say, hey, you don't have it right now. But, yeah, it doesn't mean, I, I suppose, that you won't develop it walking out of the door or some shit. And I, I don't know. Maybe that's what happened here. Maybe he got a false negative. But, yeah, Curry had it. Of course, he's in contact with other players, which makes it kind of weird that the Nets didn't all get put into the same situation as the Sixers. I really don't understand how that happened. But you got, like, Embiid sitting next to him. And so Embiid was supposed to quarantine. And then the Sixers, they just straight put the they, they put Ben Simmons and Embiid out of the next game uh, with the injury. They put them on the injury list, I think. And... Yeah, I can't remember exactly why they did that, but that is a thing that they did. And so the Sixers had to go out and put basically nothing on the floor. But it, it, it was a bright spot, right? I guess that's the thing with the NBA season. Charles Barkley said it best, as he rarely, as he so rarely does. Um, we're all kind of flying blind right now and just kind of figuring out figuring it out as we go. So one of the good things that comes from this is Tyrese Maxey comes out and has his best game as a pro so far very very short career obviously and he has some monster stat line something like 30 plus points ton of rebounds as a matter of fact let me not be lazy and i'm here i am hitting the wire on my keyboard trying to type this mic has to move bro hell no <laughs> this shit gotta move um yeah no he, he came out and had a good game and that's probably going to result in more minutes for him and I cannot find, there we go, yeah, it was against Denver, there you go, 39, damn, he had 39 points, see, I was thinking of like 37, same thing, really, 39 points, 18 of 33, so the boy was letting it fly, but uh, the, the field goal percentage was still high, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, and so other guys are going to get looks this year, that's just the reality, there's tons of injuries, there's tons of these situations, moving the mic back there's tons of these situations where it's just going to be at a random time your number is going to be called so you just got to make the best of it and yeah Tyrese Maxey absolutely did but that did leave the Sixers kind of salty and Joel Embiid was like I don't care find me because after they put the Sixers out there the Celtics and Heat game actually got postponed and they wanted the Sixers game postponed because that was actually supposed to be kind of a premier matchup it's the it's against the Nuggets you got Jokic of course and there's the whole conversation with Jokic and Embiid and, and who's the best center in the NBA so kind of wanted that match postponed but they didn't they just like you know they put him out there and had Dwight Howard throw a Shaq in the full pass trying to run point guard I guess that was a serious thing and then the Celtics game got postponed because of contract, contract, I was about to say contract tracing. I could, my, my words get confused sometimes when these letters are so close together. Contact tracing. Yeah, they, it, it blew up the whole team, man. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, we had no center. The only center we were going to have was Taco Fall. We were going to have uh, Peyton Pritchard starting, I believe. It, it was crazy. The depth, the depth chart was crazy. They were going to have to have me and a funky diabetic come out there and run the bench. It, it was wild. But they didn't. They didn't play. Uh, Avery Bradley also got put out of the Heat game. So I'm not even sure if they had enough players. I think that was the difference is that the Heat actually didn't have enough players to play that game. I'm not 100% sure if that's true. Either way, yeah, they went ahead and postponed it because that's a playoff match. That's a playoff rematch. You don't want to just, like, put that on the floor. And then I wasn't going to tune into it. I'm like, fam, I love my Celtics, but I'm not spending two hours watching this. I got shit I got to do. And so, yeah, and then Joel Embiid got on and liked post about how the NBA is showing bias against the Sixers and he said that they don't like the process and all this other stuff so it's unfortunate man it's unfortunate but this was all predictable because the Sixers I believe were close to undefeated before COVID hit the team and before contact tracing hit the team they were you really this is the irritating thing because they were they're actually one of the surprises for me 
how well they're doing. This is a big surprise for me. We're in like what the third or fourth year of him beating Simmons. And it, the progress has been kind of slow throughout these years. And then all of a sudden, they jump out to a, a nice record, which, again, I do try to caution against being so high on because you got to look at who they're playing and some of these teams that they're playing twice. Uh, right now, early in the season particularly, it's easy to pad the record. But still, though, you want to see something like this develop and you want to see where it goes, right? And because guys are going to have to keep sitting in and or keep coming in and being out, it's going to be a 100 different lineups. It's going to be a long time before a lot of these teams have chemistry and know exactly what they want to do. It's not going to be like a regular season. Ironically, the regular season is not going to be like the regular season. So that's what's happened there. Embiid, especially before this, Embiid was really in the MVP race. He was on top of most people's MVP ladder. He's putting up great numbers, and the Sixers had the record. So that's that's what it takes, right? Especially if you're a two-way player. that's That puts you right in that conversation. And that's somebody I hadn't even thought about winning this year uh, because of health, if anything. But yeah, it, it, to no fault of his own, he is. He's missed a couple of games so far. So that is the thing that's happening. Uh, and so that brings us to, and what do I want to go after that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come, I'll reference the standings. Cause that was, that was actually a topic I had written down. I'll continue to reference the standings as I go along because you got the Celtics who also didn't have a great start. And now they're tied for first in the East. Just literally last podcast, I was like, the bench looks a little bit thin and you're a little bit worried. And then here they are at first or second, which when last week they were like, what, fifth or sixth. So again, there's going to be a lot of this going on throughout the season. Same thing for the Nets, what's going on right now with them. They're five and six now after having a strong start. And that puts them at 10th in the Eastern Conference. And what you look out there, obviously, Kevin Durant also contact tracing that put him out for a week. And then Kyrie Irving on the same day that, uh, what state didn't he play? I think they were supposed to play Washington. Yeah, they were supposed to play Washington, and then he went out for personal reasons. He's still out with personal reasons, and there's very little communication, as you would expect, uh, surrounding Kyrie Irving. We don't actually know 100% what's going on or why he's out. Steve Nash said that they're in contact. Here I go, about to say contract. Steve Nash says that they are in contact. Kevin Durant says that they're not going to say a whole lot, but they're supporting him. So we don't really know what's going on there. We don't really know when he's going to be back. But yeah, it, this year, if here's here's the thing. I think by because that's what Adam Silver says right now. First of all, I hadn't even mentioned. I should have mentioned it at the beginning. There are no plans right now to pause this season, as we know. Uh, again, things change really quickly, so it might be a week from now. When next <laughs> next thing you know, we're we're uh, streaming random games on Twitch again because there's no NBA. You have no clue, right? But right now, they said they're going to fight through it. They're just going to tough through it because again, there hasn't been a super outbreak yet. So I guess that would probably be more of what leads to a shutdown. But they're hoping that after around like February, things start to look a little bit better. The vaccine starts to roll out. Of course, the way the world works is is money is at the top. NBA players are probably going to be some of the first people and athletes in general are probably going to be some of the first people to get it. The athletes that want it. So if you tough through this part of the season, play as many games as you can. And then the le- the later part of the season looks great because the players are now, uh, so they built up immunity or whatever. I guess that's probably what they're hoping for and what they're going for. So we'll see if they, if that if that's the plan that, that gets stuck to. But again, we are all flying blind at the moment. So this could easily be the season, though, where we end up with some really weird seedings. We could end up with some weird seedings because we still don't know exactly when we're going to reach that point where the NBA is safe. And so you might end up with something like the Nets at 60 playing the Celtics at three. That could completely destroy most people's one through eight predictions. And it probably will. This honestly was not the year to make predictions. I guess I was optimistic like a lot of other people. Like, for instance, the Pacers, 
so far, we got the Raptors and the Wizards well outside of the playoffs. So those were two teams that I had in the playoffs. Now, the Wizards, on one hand, I mean, their defense, like Bradley Beal put it best, he says that they could not guard a parked car right now. And that, that's just poetic. That completely describes what's going on there. However, the Toronto Raptors, so like the Wizards, they get Westbrook, and we already know Westbrook is not as good as he used to be. He's not what he used to be. Remember, people questioning that when I was talking about it live, and I was saying this is not really, this is not necessarily prime Westbrook we're looking at anymore. He's not washed or anything, but this is not, this is not superstar prime Russell Westbrook these days. And I, I don't know why that was controversial. That's just kind of what it is. They have the same record as Detroit right now. They're 2-8. and eight. I didn't think they were going to be this damn bad, bro. If you told me that, oh, you put Westbrook there and the defense sucked, I would have still thought him and Bradley Beal could work out more than two games in their first 10. Obviously, Westbrook is also sitting out some games. They've run into a very unfortunate situation as well. Thomas Bryant has torn his ACL. I don't know what you know about the Wizards or Thomas Bryant, but he's pretty damn important to them. He was pretty important to them. And... Without him, I could easily see a scenario where they miss the playoffs now because somebody has the bounce for the Pacers, it looks like, at this moment. What I thought with, and also, yeah, that, so that's one spot. And then the Toronto Raptors at 2-7. and seven, That's another team I didn't think was going to be as bad as they were, like 2-7. and seven. I did, I, I went back and, I didn't go back, but before the season was starting, I kind of had a dialogue with Raptors fans, and I was like, y'all are not as good as y'all used to be. Y'all do understand that. You've lost three key pieces to a championship team. You can't just keep losing guys and, and stay great. And But I didn't think they were going to be, I didn't think they were going to stink either. Pascal Siakam has uh, regressed, at least for this part of the season. He's not doing well. And that, on top of what they lost, has got them where they are. So that's two spots in the East right now that are different than I thought they would be. Because I, I think some of these are going to work out, right? I don't expect, by the end of this, I don't expect the Cavaliers, Knicks, nor the Magic to still be there. Because, obviously, that would include Miami, Brooklyn, and one more team missing the playoffs. I mean, maybe Charlotte will. Maybe Charlotte will. Uh, but what happens with Indiana is they are just doing great, man. They are doing great, and that's going to be funny. That's probably going to turn into one of those, without context, it's going to turn into, like, one of the coldest takes ever. Because I didn't have the Pacers out of the playoffs. And it's still early, by the way. But, again, the way things are shaping up and how good at basketball they're playing, this is this is a uh, playoff team. This has to be a playoff team unless they get hurt. But I thought it was more so because I saw the Wizards, Raptors, and the Hawks being a bit better than they were. It was le- it was more about a tough conference and less about the Pacers just not being a, a playoff team. It's 6-3 and three right now. Sabonis has come to this season way better than I thought he would. He just put up a 20-20 game the other day. And so, so far, Sabonis is averaging... Tw- wow, I don't have this zoomed in far enough at all. I need glasses. I'm getting old. The... And, of course, only Basketball Reference has these ads that follow you everywhere and block what I'm trying to see. Fucking Basketball Reference, bro. 21 points a game, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. And he's doing this on, oh my gosh, that's his 3-point percentage. That is crazy. So 56% from the field and 42% from 3. And that's on 2 3-point attempts per game. The man is eating right now, bro. The man is eating. Makes it funny that he was a part of the Paul George trade. Because things have worked out. They still have those two pieces, right? Even though Oladipo got hurt. That was another question I had. That was another question I had was, okay, you're getting Oladipo back from a very serious injury. That quad is not a joke. Uh, what is he going to be like? And we know he's entering, he's getting close to his contract and free agency. So what is he going to be trying to prove? Is it going to work with the flow of the team? So far it has. And so far he's healthy. Guys are just eating injuries, major injuries like it's nothing these days. So Oladipo right now is putting up 20 points a game. He's doing that on 39% from the field and 40, my bad, 39% from three and 42% from the field. So damn, he's shooting seven threes a game. Look, 
coming off of the remember he had a ruptured quad tendon i believe that's a serious serious injury tony parker had that same one i was just watching his documentary and thought his career might be over of course he was a bit older but again the injury is just that serious so oladipo's working himself back into shape and he can still hoop that's the important thing there the shooting percentage is not incredible right now but i've actually been watching the paces play and yeah he he looks nice and i'm again when a guy comes off a super injury like that i'm looking for what they physically look like but then that's not all malcolm brogdon is in some mvp ladder as a matter of fact, on um, the way Basketball Reference does theirs, I think Brogdon is is pretty high up there right now. He is averaging 23 points a game, and he's doing that on 50% from the field and 47% from three. So that, that's before I even get to a Miles Turner, who is a defensive god right now, averaging four blocks per game, four blocks per game through nine games. Yo, this is a team, bro. They have they have three guys. They have three guys who can who can score at any time right now. And then they have a great center as well. This is a good. This is a really good team, bro. This is a really good team. There is improvement and overperformance in at least three of these guys that I'm just gonna tell you I didn't see. I absolutely didn't see it. And on this trajectory, there, there should be no way they don't make the playoffs. They should, even if they start doing a little bit worse, because they are you know they're not undefeated anymore, obviously. But yeah, this I, I watched them play as well. They move the ball well. This is a team that should be up there in the thick of things. And shout out to them because they continuously do this, right? They, they did this without Oladipo last season. They did it with him the season before that when they almost upset the Cavaliers. They're just constantly there, and they're always doing a bit better than it seems that they should. But they're building something nice. I hope they are able to retain Oladipo. That's another thing. That was a question that they answered because the big question we had was, Oladipo, like every other week, there was a story about him wanting to leave. And then he was like, oh, no, you know, I'm good. But then there's a story about him maybe going to Miami. So you just never know what's going on. Pretty much like with the Harden trade rumors, the NBA is just unnecessarily dramatic and there's something that pops up every week. But yeah, they've been <clears throat> they've been able to avoid that circus. I haven't even heard anything about that this year. And they look great. So yeah, I know you might not care to watch Pacer games and they're obviously not a national TV treasure and they're not a team that's going to be pushed on you. But if you have the means or if you can find the means, allegedly, to watch Pacer games, I, I would implore you to do so. They they look nice. Like, like I said last podcast, I actually, Julius Randle and DeMontis Abonis was a matchup I felt I needed to sit down for. That's That's how weird this is. <laughs> <laughs> that's how weird this is right now uh that, yeah so i'm just kind of hopping around the standings if you're wondering what my order is right now i'm pretty much hopping around the standings and things are coming to me as i'm doing it because right below them would be the orlando magic and this is just tragic and i promise i didn't run on purpose but uh, the nba guys are just doing them dirty so this is a team that constantly loses their stars through contract fuckery and then guys aren't happy and they end up leaving or they get traded or something right it's always something with these guys so they traded dwight howard in 2012 it's been almost 10 years since they traded dwight howard right was that the yeah yeah 2012 2013 season yes it's been almost 10 years since they traded dwight howard they just recently started getting back in the playoffs building from that mess and key word there is building and so you've had vooch for a long time as in vucevic and then you get these young pieces like Isaac and Markel Fultz. So they're just kind of scraping things together through the draft. And one man's trash is another man's treasure. That was really Markel Fultz. And two of those guys I just named have torn the ACLs. Now, Jonathan Isaac, again, it's, it, guys are just really eating through injuries right now. It really feels between Achilles and ACLs and all that. It's starting to lose its luster. 
uh, compared to what we grew up with. Because when you used to hear that, that felt like a death sentence. But guys are coming back and putting up their same numbers off the most serious of injuries now. So a guy like Isaac might end up being okay. They paid, excuse me, they paid him. He might end up coming back and being what we what we expected him to be. Markel Fultz, however, that is crushing, bro. That is crushing. Markel Fultz just got his bag, by the way. The Magic trusted in him. They liked what they saw. Uh, I had a Magic fan friend who said that by the time the season was over, that contract they gave him was going to look like a steal. And Fultz this season was averaging, so far he was averaging uh, 13 points, 5 assists. He was doing that on, my bad, another notification, distraction. Um, he, yeah, he he wasn't actually shooting that well, but he was he was doing well. The he was doing well, and the Magic were doing well relative to what we look at with Markel Fultz. Which you look at Markel Fultz is saying he got drafted in 2017 as a top pick, and by now he's probably supposed to be. If you're looking at his expectations, he's supposed to be an All Star, right? Then he only played 14 games in his first year. He only played 19 the next. So this is a guy trying to get his career on track, and so you judge accordingly. And so how he came into these first eight games, and you judge that, you're happy for him. He's got his money it's not this thing where he's at the free throw line looking all weird and can't shoot the ball and not you're wondering if he's even going to be in the league next year it wasn't that type of thing then he goes on to tears his acl that's that's the that's what we're getting to here you you probably already knew it you did already know it he's torn his acl for him that might be particularly damaging because he's already had to come back from whatever that was with his arm whatever nerve damage that was that basically took the first two years of his career from him and probably humiliated him let's be real this is a guy who was used to being a star throughout his whole life he was a top pick he was uh, supposed to be a, a probably enshrouded in a lot more glory than he has been so far and so that that probably does that probably does something to your ego that probably does something to your confidence and so to run into an injury like that and a freak accident one too this one was just he was just driving to the rim i think he stepped on a cavaliers player's foot and uh whatever he did his foot just kind of slipped and that causes at the angle that it was it caused his knee to give it was really nasty like i if viewer discretion is advised if you plan on watching that shit was disgusting and so yeah his knee folded the acl was gone we that just happened in january right yeah it's january so yeah <laughs> damn bro see next season starting october he might be back to start next season he might be back to start next season but he'll probably have to hop into the middle of it and get reacclimated and that's just a whole mess. I truly do feel bad for Orlando, for the Orlando Magic. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for their fans because what you were looking at and saying is, okay, he's on the right track. You're going to get Jonathan Isaac back. They were playing, the Magic, were, for their standards, again, were playing pretty good basketball this season. They started off with a nice record, but some of that probably was padded. But still, though, you, you take anything if you're Orlando. And now, because of that, without Isaac and without full tight, I don't see how this team makes the playoffs. I didn't have them in the playoffs before. I probably would have been wrong if full tight had gotten hurt. But because I didn't see him taking, uh, I didn't see him looking as, as good as he came into the season looking. But uh, yeah, they, I think that's going to be a little bit too much. I don't think Vooch is going to be able to carry it in this conference because by the time the season does its work and they fall closer to the eighth and ninth seed, they're going to be fighting with teams that I didn't even think they were going to be fighting with. Hell, now they might be fighting with the Knicks. You might be fighting with the Knicks and the Hornets. And yeah, you might, you might get yourself into a tussle down there. So yeah. Who knows where the Magic go from here? They're two young, bright spots who they who were probably they were probably hoping these were going to be cornerstones in the future. Yeah, they're cooked for the foreseeable future. That's that's just tough. That is tough, and 
Uh, not to be insensitive, but I am glad I'm not a Magic fan. <laughs> I'm just, I just am, bro. It's just always like this. I always hear this doom down here with this team. It's just always like this. For Whether it's injuries or whether it's the front office, it's always something. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I just am. Uh, that brings us... Let's go down to... Um, yeah, the Charlotte Hornets, they are 5-5 five and five for the moment. They, I believe LaMelo Ball is getting a start soon. He got close to a triple-double one night. He had a triple-double the other night, which made him the youngest player in NBA history to have a triple-double, which I believe he outdid his brother, Lonzo Ball. I forgot Lonzo Ball had that title at once. That's ridiculous, but he did. And Devontae Graham is not having a great season so far, and it might be better for him to be a six-man anyways, which, again, you drafted LaMelo Ball. You didn't draft him to be a bench player. I guess they're just bringing him along slowly. I don't know. Maybe Jordan's making him earn it or a coach, whatever. LaMelo Ball is going to be starting sooner or later. I did have the Hornets as one of those teams that will probably be competing and be competitive for it. This is one of the reasons I thought the East was going to be so uh, difficult. And so it's shaping up that way so far. Gordon Hayward dropped like a 44 ball the other night. So they have a decent enough roster to compete for it. And uh, yeah, I'm glad so far LaMelo Ball is is not really disappointing in my opinion. Uh, in the games that I've watched so far, he is maybe it is a good thing that they're bringing him along slowly because some games he has a he has a game that doesn't look as great than others look great like the other night. Uh, so far in this season, he's only shooting 43%, but he's averaging 13 uh, six and six. He's averaging 13, six and six with two steals a game. And so these are his first 10 games, age 19. I'm happy with this. If I'm a Hornets fan, I'm happy with this 24 minutes a game. I'm <laughs> especially if I'm a Hornets fan, I, I am thrilled with this because this looks like it has the makings of something in a couple of years. And so that will, that will actually complicate things a little bit. Yeah, that will complicate things a little bit when we get into this play-in situation if a couple of these other teams keep this up as well. Because one of the things you have going on also is the Atlanta Hawks underperforming. And that took a turn for the worse quickly, didn't it? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that took a that took a real turn for the worse. So, yeah, that complicates things further. The Hawks are 4-5 and five now after starting the season like 4-1. and one. I had actually heard people start to throw around the word contender with them, which... I wouldn't have used that word personally. I thought maybe they're going to... I had them as a... In my, in my projections, I think I put the Hawks at an A seed. I think I put them at an A seed. And I said, uh, coming into this season, maybe it'll it'll improve a little bit. But they had a nice roster. <laughs> Keyword had. Gallinari has been hurt. And let's add another one to that list. Bogdan Bogdanovic is now hurt. And not just hurt. Let me find him on the injury report here. This lengthy injury report full of health and safety protocols. Ah, yes, there we go. He suffered an avulsion fracture in his right knee with associated soft tissue inflammation and a bone bruise. Now, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm not a doctor. I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. I saw a range that did not look nice. Either way, he's going to miss some time. This is for a team that's already struggling. This is with John Collins apparently raising the uh, idea that he's not happy that Trey Young runs the entire offense. Which, just because he's a point guard, doesn't mean he, he has to control the entire offense. So, John Collins not happy with that. By the way, John Collins also, I might have mentioned it in my podcast with his contract situation. Um, he was the one who actually turned down the money, so he's betting on himself this year. So, yeah, I guess... When you think of that, that would probably explain why he's why he's not happy with the offense going the way that it is. Anyways, that lands the Hawks looking like the team that they've been. Two and a half games out of the eighth seed right now. Not too far behind. Again, if you look at the eighth seed, my bad, my bad, my bad. 
fuck am I talking about? Two and a half games out of first seed. That's how close the East is right now. The 11 seed Hawks are two and a half games out of first seed. So that's what I'm saying with everyone losing their shit over teams' records. Things two weeks from now are going to look so different. And it might even stay that competitive. I hope both conferences stay like this because it actually looks the exact same in both conferences right now or something close to it. Uh, but the injuries don't help. The injuries do not help the Hawks case. The injuries probably put them as a team that's going to be fighting a little bit with uh, the, these Cavaliers and Knicks and Hornets for that A spot in the play-in. Because Trey Young was looking nice at the beginning of the season for those first few games. And they were looking like once they get healthy, they could even be pretty good. That's probably not the case now. That's probably not the case now. Uh, Capella is not enough of an addition on his own to completely turn around what they were doing in Atlanta. And that, that hurts. That does hurt. Cause I, I thought this was a year for Atlanta to take a major jump and who I don't, I still don't know when Gallinari is coming back and I don't have a clue. Let me see. Let me just give y'all an estimate real quick for a bog. Cause that was like one of the bigger pickups for them this season. Yeah. With the, uh, yeah. Fractured right knee. Good. How did he even do that? Was that in that game? says that surgery can be required in uh, more serious cases. The Hawks have not determined how long he's going to be out and they're, they're yeah, reviewing a treatment plan. So we don't have a timetable right now. Yeah. Tough news for the Hawks. Tough news. If you're a Hawk fan, yeah, being a Hawks fan is pain as much as being a magic fan, I would assume, but Hey, we'd probably get to watch Trey Young put up like 30 this season again. Fight for an A seed. The Bulls will be doing the same thing. Chicago Bulls. Zach Lathrie last night had 10 three-pointers. I believe he had 45 points. I did catch that while the rest of y'all were watching football. I was absolutely watching the Bulls and Clippers while I was working on other stuff. That turned into a thriller. The Clippers walked away with the win. And at the end, I thought Kawhi Leonard's season was over. It, it was scary because... I was looking. I didn't see exactly what happened, but under the goal, Kawhi just collapsed. I later looked back and realized someone ran into his legs. I think it was Temple. It was Temple or Valentine. I can't remember who ran into his legs. Somebody ran into the man's legs, and all I saw was him fall and clutch for his lower leg, like in real pain, and you never see Kawhi show emotion. The man broke character for a good two to three seconds. It was it was some scary shit, and uh, I thought it was maybe an Achilles or maybe an ACL. And he rolled over, got up, and ran away. Like, nothing happened. It, it was crazy. It's like in Grand Theft Auto when you jump from, like, a far height and the dude falls down and yells for a second. And then after he's done clutching, he gets right back up and starts running away from the cops. <laughs> exactly what happened with Kawhi. Glad the man was okay. The uh, Clippers are still third seed right now. I believe I projected them second. So, I, the Lakers or Clippers will probably still be the two higher rated teams by the time this is all said and done i think that's what will happen there but yeah the bulls despite getting just absolutely waxed in like their first couple of games they're still four and seven which for right now holds them competitive because after them it's not competitive anymore the raptors pistons and washington wizards none of these teams are competitive at the moment things could change but at this point in time they're not and that is interesting because the Pistons, well, first of all, we looked at that roster and we, we already knew what was up with that. Uh, uh, some good news and bad news, but I guess none of it, I guess it's inconsequential when you know that's not a playoff team, more than likely. First of all, their rookie, Killian Hayes, he tore something into his hip. That is one of many on this long-ass injury report. Where is our boy, Killian Hayes? I think they said it was a labral tear. Yeah, it, it's one of these on here. Either way, yeah, he's going to be out for some time. I uh, hadn't seen a whole lot from him yet. Watching some of the Pistons games, I had only seen some flashes of his facilitation and vision. He had a good start to one of the games. There we go. Yeah, labral tear in his hip. And uh, it, it was on a drive to the basket in Milwaukee. That's what happened with them. So, there. Lottery pick is out. And then, 
it's out of nowhere. Your guy, Jeremy Grant, is currently, I don't hear anybody ever talk about this, so I figured it'd be good for me to mention. Jeremy Grant is averaging 25 and 6. So 25.6 rebounds on 46% shooting and 38% from 3. And that is one of the shockers of the season. People ask, what are you surprised about this season? I'm surprised about Jeremy Grant leaving the Nuggets, going to play for a team and efficiently putting up some good stats. And the man is hooping. The team's not, but he is hooping. I got to witness some of that when the Celtics played against him and struggled to put them away. So that uh, Jeremy Grant comes up because I think that I had said that was an underrated loss for the Nuggets. But what I thought was going to happen with Denver is sure you lose Jeremy Grant, but Michael Porter Jr. is going to come right in and fill in. Of course, health and safety protocols got him, too. So not only did they lose an important two way player in Jeremy Grant and somebody who was important to that run last year, uh, the fill in that's supposed to be developing is kind of in and out right now. So that leaves the Nuggets at five and five. But yeah, shout out if I'm not going to recommend that you watch Piston games, but yeah, keep Jeremy Grant on your radar. We'll see if that holds the same way we're kind of looking at Julius Randle, because uh, right now Julius Randle's thing, his his production looks more like a uh, it just looks regularly scheduled now more than like a whoa, this is a hot streak. They're 10 games in now and they are 500 team and he's leading them. Um, I don't think a whole lot has changed since the last time. Uh, I've watched a couple of Julius Randle games. They are not empty stats either. You can't really look at this and go, oh, that's empty stats. The Knicks are... Then I'm sure Knicks fans... Uh, if you're a Knicks fan, let me know in the comments section. I'm sure y'all feel like royalty right now. Especially because <laughs> Knicks and Nuts fans hate each other. Knicks and... Like I said Julius Randle, not Irving. <laughs> Knicks and Nets fans hate each other. They're constantly, like, passive-aggressively tweeting about each other on Twitter. But the Knicks are better right now uh, due to circumstances. Yeah, Julius Randle is, is putting up his, his 23 and 12 on 50%, man. 50%, 36% from three. The man is he's, he's playing like an all-star at the moment. So I'm rooting for him. I'm always rooting for young talent to come out of nowhere and completely turn everybody's expectations on their head. You love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. Um, The... Yeah, I, I guess uh, we did a ton of Warriors talk last week. Did a ton of Golden State Warriors talk last week, but they are solidly in the middle of the Western Conference at the moment. They are 6-4. and four. Steph Curry is actually in the MVP race, I believe. As a matter of fact, this might be a good time for me to segue into that. Oh, not really segue, because I'm going to still talk about other teams. But yeah, the Golden State Warriors started the season looking like a lottery team. I put a video out and told everyone, hey, I see these narratives coming, but at least chill out and let them play a little bit more because with what they have on the roster, they should be better than what they've looked like. So far, they have been better than what they look like. They got Draymond Green back. That was very important. Steph Curry is being more aggressive, although he had a bad game last night and they still won. Uh, there, there's going to be games this season where Curry doesn't shoot well, but it's still really important to that squad. And yeah, so six and four at the moment. And that brings us to the NBA's most recent MVP rating that came out. They put, yeah, so the NBA released its MVP rankings, which is, I believe, different from the basketball reference ones. I believe. I believe. Don't quote me on that. I'll, I'll look. I'll, you know, I'll take a look at it. I'll take a look at it myself while we're here. Anyways, the ranking so far is LeBron James, Luka Doncic, Paul George, Joel Embiid, and Stephen Curry. So, yes, Jokic is noticeably absent from the top five here. Obviously, the Nuggets have not, again, like I said, <laughs> I said that in the Jokic video I made, right? And in the MVP video I made, too. It's going to be hard. He does not have the national TV schedule on his side at all. They very, and again, the team they're going through, they're, they're also, I think, losing Michael Porter Jr. 
Michael Porter Jr. Pronounce this man's name. Losing Michael Porter Jr. for this extended amount of time and also not having Grant, like I said, that does not help the team. They've lost close games on top of that, and they're not on TV that much. So Jokic's uh, crazy stat line that he's putting up and the things that he does are not going to be as recognized. He's going to have to work twice as hard, and disappointing so far from last season as a team is not going to help his case. Either way... Like we mentioned earlier, Embiid is on there. Paul George, who said he was healthy this year and is going to come out and uh, ignore all the talk and do what he's doing. He's on the MVP list right now. It's pretty cool. But look where we are. Doncic is second and LeBron is first. That is quite literally the ranking that before coming into the season, this is kind of how I had it. I said that LeBron would be Luka's biggest challenge to MVP. And I think we're, we're very early, but that's how it's shaping up. So Luka is playing himself I hit the mic. That's only I only did it one time this this pod. That's a record. Luca is playing himself into shape and more and more you're seeing Luca like games. So they beat the Nuggets the other night. He had some clutch plays there and he had a monster stat line as well. So the monster stat lines are starting to come up. The Mavericks are rising from the depths of the Western Conference. I believe last week they were all the way at the bottom. This week they are sixth. Sixth place. Uh they're only two games out of first and they're five and four. Again, all these records are close right now. But yeah, they're they're kind of rising up a little bit, and they get Porzingis back, which helps. And so you'll be able to look at this. Porzingis is coming back tonight, actually. Uh, Mavericks and Pelicans. I'd watch that if I were you. Hell, maybe I'll do a watch party. I probably won't. I bullshitting. Yeah, they get Porzingis. So at the end, you'll be able to say for the beginning of the season, Luca helped keep them afloat. He and he wasn't really even in shape. They helped keep them afloat. Help helped keep them above a 500 record. Then they get Porzingis, which is going to help a ton. It's going to take some pressure off of him. Although I'm pretty sure he'll be load managing for a while, especially in a season like this. He'll probably miss some games for health and safety. Everybody's getting health and safety. Maxi Kleber right now actually has Corona, so that doesn't help anything. That's one of their shooters. Uh, anything right now. On a team that was already dealing with one of their star players being out doesn't help. But yeah, he comes right in and, and fills that. So the Mavericks are probably going to move up. And the Lakers, though, that's a big that's a big challenge. That's a big challenge. I did acknowledge that in my Luka MVP video. LeBron James off of a championship. He's on a team that will likely be the best team. And uh, with the the storyline of him being 36 years old and still being at this level, he does have everything he needs. He's got the national TV schedule behind him. He's got everything he needs to to be a very harsh contender with Luka. I just thought also, I thought if Luka gets close enough and he puts up the numbers that he does, then it it might come down to LeBron's also playing with Anthony Davis, who may also have some MVP, uh, may, may take some of that pie, you know, but he's missed some games so far. AD has actually missed some games so far. So yeah, LeBron is leading right now and it's not impossible for him to add yet another MVP trophy to that case. That's fucking crazy, man. When you think about that at this age and what he's already done, that's a, that's a distinct possibility. Um, and Steph Curry being there as well. Yeah, Steph right now. Again, people, I, I think that the narratives died pretty quickly about him needing other players around him to perform because it's pretty. he's pretty much showing if he, if he turns it on and he is aggressive and he doesn't necessarily just kind of, as Draymond Green puts it, fuck around with the basketball, he can kind of do what needs to be done. He's currently averaging the most points that he's averaged since his uh, 2016 campaign when he was averaging 30. He's averaging 28 right now. Yeah, the last full season he played was 27 and 26. Of course, everything pretty much fell when Kevin Durant came because he had to give up some of those shots. 
but this is still this is the second highest mark of his career overall even before the 30 that he averaged in 2016 he was averaging 23 before that uh, in 2015 so remember that was the year where we were like Steph might also be the most improved player he went up seven points off of an MVP year that just reminds you how crazy 2016 was anyways yeah he's putting up 28 right now he's doing on 36 percent from three up oh, hold on Oh, okay. I got, I bro, I got so confused because <laughs> right above the 36%, it says he shot 24% from three. I'm like, when did Steph ever shoot? Yeah, that was last year when he only played five games. Okay. I was like, bro, am I on Jeremy Grant's <laughs> fucking basketball reference right now? Yeah. Steph is uh, shooting 43% from the field and uh, 36% from three. So again, it's not going to be as efficient because he's going to have to take to get the Warriors to the playoffs. It's not going to be as pretty as it has been in previous years. Wiggins is, is learning and coming along. He says he is as happy as he's been in his career so far. So yes, in Wiggins, we trust if you didn't know my, my Twitter is, uh, sometimes a Wiggins propaganda page. And so, yeah, the, that, Again, the bar is, uh, I think, a little bit lower for Steph Curry to be in the MVP race because he's been gone. We haven't really seen him in a while, and we know what this team is. And so this team does not have to have an amazing record for him to kind of catapult up there, especially with the narratives that circled around at the beginning of the season. He doesn't have to end up first or second seed to have a, a real conversation about MVP. If the Warriors are just good and they're giving teams hell and they're, they're in the thick of things, his name will be there as long as he's putting up as long as he's putting up numbers he has 62 one night and you come back with like 36 and so yeah i don't think he'll win it i don't think steph will ultimately win it to win it the golden state warriors would have to <laughs> they would have to be like third or second seed for him to actually win it over lebron because no, i think the lakers are still in the first seed I don't think there's a real chance of him actually winning it. Yeah, my, my opinion, people, because the MVP question was was pretty prominent in the question section. My opinion remains unchanged. I'm pretty much where the NBA is with LeBron and Luka. That's what, that's, go back and watch the Luka video. That's how I had it in my head, and that's how it's playing out right now. And so I think they'll kind of be dueling for it. I just think as the season plays out and things kind of settle into where they're, where they're going to be, I think Embiid will... Uh, I, now I think I didn't even have his name up there before, but I think he'll be in the conversation. I think uh, I think Paul George will probably I think you'll see him fade out a little bit. I think Jokic is eventually going to end up replacing a guy like Paul George, maybe even Steph. But I think I think Jokic is definitely going to be higher in this. The Nuggets just have to start winning a couple of more of their close games and then get MPJ back. And I, I think that'll probably work itself out. I don't see PG sticking there. But that would be something crazy, though. I wouldn't be upset with that if Paul George did come out of the... If the Clippers ended up, ended up with a first seed and Paul George won it, again, I, I like a good comeback story. So after the hell he went through last year, and the fact that this man had, had broken his leg before, people just completely forget that part of his career. I'd be happy enough with that. But yeah, that's where the MVP race is. I did say I was going to look at, for you guys, I did want to show you the MVP race on basketball reference just to see... Um, if it differs, because I know that one had like Brogdon up there and spoiler alert, the NBA is not giving an MVP to Malcolm Brogdon. It's just not happening. Yeah. See, so if you go to the MVP tracker on basketball reference, uh, you have Nikola Jokic actually, actually leading. So their top five is Jokic, Embiid, LeBron, Malcolm Brogdon, and Sabonis. And in this one, Luka is not even top 10. Jalen Brown is actually the 10th here. Chris Middleton is above. 
it, it, he's there. Anthony Davis is on this is seventh year. Then of course Giannis. I, I told y'all, but look, <laughs> it, it's it, I keep saying it's early. I, I'm gonna always give myself a bailout in these early podcasts. So can't nobody this you me late like months and months later. But the Bucks right now, they're off to a disappointing start. They could easily hit a run and be like first in the Eastern Conference. But right now, it's a disappointing start. But either way, I said it was going to be really hard for Giannis this year to 3P as MVP. I think that's a pretty obvious take. And the Bucks, if they are even if they're worse than they were last year, there's zero chance. That's that's just not going to happen. And again, this is a weird year because you can just assume a certain amount of guys are going to get health and safety health and safety protocol, and some losses are going to happen like that. So that's going to that's going to render a lot of what we think useless anyways. But, yeah, it would be very difficult. And Giannis is not in the NBA's top five. And he's not even in the uh, the basketball references top five right now. Sabonis is above him. Which, again, Sabonis, if you're looking at the Pacers, ended up with a good record. Technically, he should probably be in the race because man is eating right now. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers. And 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. So, yeah, that MVP talk came from talking about the Warriors. Um... I did mention the Thunder. I did mention the Thunder at the beginning, but they're barely 500, so let's just wait and see what actually happens there. But Shea is actually looking nice, Shea Gilgis. That is, uh, again, you always wonder, right? Like, if you're a Thunder fan, it almost feels like you hope that this team doesn't end up being that good this season because you want a good product on the floor, right? You always want a good product on the floor, but take a look at Shea right now, averaging... 21 points he 20 points five rebounds shooting 47 from the field and 35 from three and then the thunder being competitive as well like so and they have a ton of picks too they have a ton of picks but you also you, you it's like you almost hope they're not they don't get stuck in no man's land whoops headphones are dying i'm about to plug these in in a minute because uh, i need that feedback the uh, it's it's almost like you hope they don't have a star like him and just are always barely fighting for an AC and that these picks don't turn out to be anything. It's all you almost hope that you you have him there and you build with him because it's not like he can go anywhere for a while anyways. And you end up being able to get him a second star through the draft. I wonder how OKC fans feel. Let, let me know. Would you rather be competitive like you always are, or would you rather like just leave us out of this and let us draft our way back to back to glory so we can lose everybody in three or four years and do this whole thing again? <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Um, the Pelicans are four and five. They've been a disappointing national TV watch. Not even gonna lie. It is fun to watch Brandon Ingram. Ironically, I when I watch Pelicans games, I almost look for him a little bit more than Zion. Zion doesn't really dunk that much anymore. Zion seems like he's playing smarter. Like he's uh, been told not to not to touch the sky every time he jumps. And so because of that, he's not as exciting. But he still does. Uh, you know, basically lay the ball up like no one's there. But it's like a layup line for him. Zion is basically... Did I say Zion? Zion is like watching a layup line these days. But, yeah, the Pels got tons of national TV games and are average and will probably be fighting for one of those ACs. I did not have them in the playoffs this year just because of how crazy the Western Conference is. I did not have that. 
Uh, Reese missed a couple games for the Kings, and then he came back. They've lost a couple of games. They are four and six right now. Rashawn Holmes was out last game, and if you watch my Kings video, you realize like he's actually a pretty valuable part to that team, especially when Reese is on the floor because that pick and roll combo is giving teams trouble early on in the season. So missing Rashawn Holmes again, that Kings team, if they miss anybody, it kind of hurts them. Um, I hadn't, yeah, the Marvin Bagley thing that happened last week, I think I mentioned it, uh, after that, after I got off podcast, like right after I got off podcast, De'Aaron Fox's dad was also on Twitter, uh, to saying some shit like, yeah, go ahead and trade him then or whatever. <laughs> like, cause it, Marvin Bagley's dad said, treat, get my, t- get my son out of here. And then De'Aaron Fox's dad jumped in. It was funny, but it seemed like it died really quickly. It was just like some Twitter banter from some parents who were passionate about their children and their children's team. Uh, that, that really didn't turn or anything. It's not even really worth diving into. Uh, somebody asked what I thought about the Wolves. There's not much to think about the Wolves. Cat has been out most of this time. I think he just came back. And so, of course, they're at the bottom. That, I don't I don't think much about them. Anthony Edwards made a, a rookie mistake. I did want to shout out Ricky Rubio, though. Because Anthony Edwards made a uh, rookie mistake last week. He drove the ball. I think they were down by three points. And they were the clock was winding down. He drove to the rim. He threw the ball out instead of laying it up. He had a wide open layup. And I think the thing there was his teammates were like, yo, just lay the ball up. They will foul. We have enough time. I think they had a timeout as well. Yeah, they had a timeout that uh, Saunders didn't call. That's what happened. So, yeah, he went the length of the court and he just kind of threw it out, assuming that they needed three. But Ricky Rubio was really cool. Ricky Rubio just came to him at the end and just like, yo, I I couldn't see exactly what he was telling him. But I assume he was telling him like, yo, just lay the ball up. And we had a timeout. Just lay the ball in. And uh, we'll foul, and then we'll make it a free throw game, and we'll come back and try to hit a shot there. But because he left his feet and threw, the, threw it away, the uh, Wolves are 3-7. and seven. Growing pains, right? Just growing pains. But I thought that was cool of Rubio. He didn't hang his head or throw his hands up or nothing. You know, he just used it as a, as a moment, man. He just used it as a moment. So that was pretty cool. The Houston Rockets are surprisingly kind of down there with them. 3-5. and five. Uh, Played the Lakers last night. That never helps anything. James Harden is giving zero effort on defense whatsoever. He walks back a lot. I notice the team will be on a fast break, and he's kind of walking. He'd be mad if he doesn't give a call, get a call, throws his hands up. But yet, we've heard nothing about a James Harden trade. But hey, <laughs> again, shows you how fast the league changes, right? Last week, I was so excited about John Wall and him even looking close to himself i was like yo that could change houston situation maybe they could be a lot better and uh it's early it's only been eight games so they could still be a lot better but yeah they could also uh, the way it's going with the with the defensive effort like that they could easily end up not being great and then the rockets say okay cool we're gonna go ahead and cut bait and let harden go sometime this season but i'm not going down the harden rabbit hole this year or this podcast because there's just not a lot of new information so they're just playing basketball and seeing where it goes uh that I think that covers a lot of what I wanted to talk about through the standings with a lot of these squads. Uh, the Celtics will be getting Kimball Walker back soon, hopefully, because he just got cleared to practice. So we need that just in case we get left with like eight players. We could at least have somebody who can who can uh, put up a 30 ball or something like that. That'd be the day Kimba scores 50 for us when he has to go out there and Tatum and Brown are out. Kimba's getting every shot. Let's see. What did I leave out? Did I cover everything by just talking about teams through the standings? I, I don't know. I might do that format more where I. Uh, oh yeah, the Detroit, yeah the Christian Wood story did get updated. I that's probably my third week talking about Christian Wood because last week I was talking about him leaving and how he didn't want to be in Detroit. That may be true, but also a an NBA source said this is quoted uh, on Twitter. 
An NBA source said that the Pistons weren't interesting and weren't interested in paying more than eight million dollars annually for Christian Wood. So not only apparently did he not want to be there, that was the part that had me talking about why did the Pistons just let him go? Apparently they cheaped out as well. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. We're so far away from we're so far away from uh when this happened. Now the Christian Wood part of the podcast is always kind of like a it's like a damn meme now. Basically, just have a small thirty or forty five second part about why Christian Woods isn't on the Pistons. Or Christian Wood isn't on the Pistons. Doesn't matter. Uh, Houston isn't looking so great at the moment. Uh, yep, talked about a lot of these guys. Health and safety, health and safety. Oh, Seattle wants a team, by the way. Uh, Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin said she's talked with the NBA Commissioner Adam Silver and is pretty optimistic about landing an expansion franchise. Yes, because that's actually something I had probably put on the last two or three podcast notes and didn't end up talking about. The NBA is apparently looking to add expansion teams to offset the losses in revenue from the Rona. And so that could lead to expansion teams. Of course, everyone wants a team in Seattle, probably just because the jerseys were so fire and we're nostalgic about it. Imagine they bring a team back to Seattle and the, the jerseys are ass. How many of y'all that aren't from Seattle are actually going to care? Seattle is apparently, it's a, it's a great basketball city as well, but uh, for most of us, I don't know, it might be the aesthetic. But anyways, yeah, I, I that's interesting though. NBA adding expansion franchises. And then uh, the narratives come out, right? Oh, he, he won in a watered-down league. <laughs> Is that, are y'all going to do that here, too? I don't know. Who knows when or if that's even going to happen or if we're even close. Uh, would I support it? Would I support going to around what they said? I forgot how many teams they said they would add. Is it going to water down the talent? I mean, I mean, NBA expansion is it's inevitable, right? They've been talking about expansion for a long time. You assume it's going to happen at some point. There's going to be other franchises elsewhere. It's not just going to be a franchise packing up and leaving a city. Eventually, it's going to happen. So, hell, I, I, I don't know. I'm curious enough about it that I wouldn't be upset if it happened. I'm not super like, oh, it's going to dilute the league and whatever. I, one or two teams is probably not going to hurt. Especially if one of them is Seattle. I, I guess. I don't care that much, to be real with you. Uh, yep, we talked about Melo. Hawks injuries. Yeah, that's pretty much what I had. So, <coughs> excuse me. I did that whole section without water. That's pretty much what I had for uh, the NBA this week. If you... Yeah, we, we did the whole standing thing at the beginning. So, just for reference of where everything is and how close everything is right now, the 13th seeded Houston Rockets are three and a half games out of first. And in the east side, the 12th seeded Chicago Bulls are three and a half games out of first. And so, I just put that out here to say hey, it's fun to react to everything, it's fun to make predictions out of every little thing that happens at the NBA. But. Especially with health and safety protocols, at least for the next month and a half or so, we are in for a ride that is going to significantly affect things. The NBA is probably not going to take a break because the reality is we're in a we're in a growing pandemic right now. It keeps growing. People are quarantining. And so the guys are free to go home to their families and they're just not supposed to go out to public places. But still, it's very easy when you have this league of hundreds of players moving around relatively freely. Um even if you were to take a break, because somebody asked me about the break, even if you were to take a break, what would that really fix right now? We come back in two weeks, you pause the season right now and come back in two weeks. That's just going to keep, that's just going to put guys, it's going to mess people's rhythm up because you're going to have the same problem in two weeks. The only way this is going to, the contact tracing is going to not be an issue is once players start getting vaccinated. Once that happens, they're obviously not at risk of catching it. Then the contact tracing is not as big a deal because you come into contact with somebody who had it, it doesn't matter. So 
that's that's pretty much what we're looking at. They're going to tough it out until there's an outbreak, right? Like, if there's, like, a super outbreak, people got families, bro. People got families. People got small children. People have family members that are at risk of this virus and whatnot. And so until such as, like, there's an outbreak on the team where multiple people have it and they had to shut down everything. Like, I know, I think the Mavs shut down their practice facility, right? Yeah, until there's, like, a major outbreak, that's what I'll say, okay, yeah, you probably should. You probably should go ahead and close it down and try to figure something out. But at the moment, we're not going to a bubble. The whole NBA is not going to be in a bubble for the whole season. Somebody brought up the idea of having a bubble for the playoffs. Even then, by the time the playoffs come around in May or uh, June or, yeah, around that time, that you're going to have, you, the NBA is going to probably, a lot of these guys are going to be vaccinated by then. And the vaccine will probably have rolled out to a lot of places by then. So it won't be over. It won't even be close to over. But it'll be in a much more manageable situation. So a bubble won't even, wouldn't even really make sense. But I do think, though, just, uh, I think that, uh, I'm drinking water. I'm not just taking random balls. I do think that teams like Houston that have so many fans relative to a global pandemic, right? They have so many fans in their arena. I think that's kind of fucking ridiculous, if I'm being real. Because whether you think it's deadly or, oh, this many people survive, whatever, bro. It's really easy for a player to have to sit out right now because of simple contact tracing. It's really fragile. Like most, like the Celtics, as far as I know, nobody on the Celtics had it. But the whole team had to be out just in case uh, one of these people develop it. And so you lose a guy to 10 to 14 days. And a lot of these teams are going into arenas that are that, that have people. The Magic have people. The Rockets got a lot of people. It seems like some of these teams might have like damn near courtside fans sometime soon i think that's stupid as hell i think there should be no arena unless you're like letting people sit in nosebleeds there should be no arena during a global pandemic letting fans in when your league is this fragile and it's clearly harder for us to maintain it than other teams that don't have the other leagues that don't have as much travel i don't see how that i mean but rocking a hard place right because nba's got to make money so got to let as many fans in as you can in certain places but like to even tampa i think the raptors were allowing fans at first now tampa and the uh, lightning down here i guess that's a hockey team or something neither one of them can have fans now they had to go ahead and roll back on that I, I expect to see some franchises probably rolling back on it and they should man they should these arenas should be empty i care more about the season than um you know somebody being able to go sit and in a game and pretend life is normal right now i care more about the season getting to a point where we can at least get something looking normal because at the moment like it's it looked dicey like i'm glad the nba came out and said that this is our plan and we're gonna kind of do this and get through this because i was starting to prepare for a random shutdown again i prefer that not to happen i prefer that not to happen i don't want to have to talk about minecraft for an hour or something on this podcast (laughs) or nba history nba history podcast could be interesting if the nba does shut down but i'd I don't. I, I really don't want to. Hmm. Well, that's it for the NBA section. The yeah, NBA section is finished. Um, oh, oh, fuck, it wasn't. Ah, I read right past that. One last note. I'm sorry. One last note. Shaquille O'Neal roasting Rudy Gobert and his money. Yeah, 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 yeah. One last thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess it was right to save that for last because that's not really current NBA news uh, as far as what's going on on the court it kind of is it, it kind of is i don't know Ru- Shaq dislikes the fact that rudy gobert got paid all that money which we had a whole part about that in the podcast right i talked a lot about rudy gobert's contract and basically saying that small market teams get kind of they get trapped into these situations where 
what are you going to do? Let them walk? And then your other star player gets unhappy, and then now you have to rebuild. And as a small market franchise, you might be stuck in rebuilding forever. <laughs> like the, I mean, the Magic aren't a small market, but nobody ever goes here. And so they, they, it's been nine years since Dwight Howard left, and they have barely made any progress. And then the injuries can wipe all that away. So yeah, if your team's in small markets, or if you're just a team where nobody ever goes, you get stuck with a situation where a guy provides a real value to your team but you have to pay him way more than that value to keep him and so that's what happened with the jazz and that's what happened with rudy gobert um and but Shaq, Shaq, of course is like damn i'm the most dominant player ever and he came up in the nba at a different time he came up in the nba at a different time and so the money was not the same and Shaq is like, there's no way in the hell Rudy Gobert should be making that much money. And you know what? Sure, he's probably right. He's probably right. Rudy Gobert is right now, for that much money, it's kind of like right place at the right time type deal. And so I get that. I get all that. What I don't get, though, is what Shaq is so insecure about. Because it's not just this, right? Like, it's a real thing with this guy. Shaq on TNT gets really, really touchy whenever he's challenged by Charles Barkley about something. He'll start taking the shit seriously and go, well, you're not a champion, I'm a champion, all this. Like, I don't understand what he's this insecure about. And especially when it comes to current players. It's, we get it, Shaq. We know that you would box Rudy Gobert. We know you're better than him. We know you're better. We know you're better than most big men in history. You're unanimously renowned, almost. I don't know. I can't say unanimously and almost, but. Let's just say most would agree the most dominant player ever. You're up there with a will. We we know your legacy. And you're not going broke. You've got all types of deals. You've been a good businessman. You you're you're not financially insecure. So I don't understand what his issue with modern players is and always having to go at people and not just being able to show love. You know what I mean? He's like he is always really, really fucking salty about something. And I don't know if he's insecure about the fact that he his championships came with Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade. If he's insecure about the fact that he should have won more than four because being the most dominant force down there, uh, he probably should have won more than four. Let's be real. Probably should have more MVPs. But still, though, your place in history is secure, my guy. Your place in history is secure. You made your choices when you were in the league. You didn't. You said that you didn't take practice seriously because you weren't going to take practice seriously and take games seriously. And so, because your work ethic wasn't crazy, things turned out the way they did. But they still turned out great. And so, I don't know. I don't know why it's so hard. Like you don't even have to show love to players, right? You don't have to show Allen Iverson level love to players. Allen Iverson is so. Allen Iverson is so secure without a championship. He, you could tell that man is so secure in his legacy. And his career did not go that great. He had off court. Well, compared to what it could have been, it didn't go that great. He had off court drama. He had things that kind of leaked into his career and slowed him down near the end. And it maybe didn't end the way that he wanted it to. But he's so secure in what he was and just letting this generation be great. And showing love to the, the greats of our generation. But you don't even have to do that. You don't have to go out of your way to be like him and hug everybody and be at games and let them. You, you don't have to be like AI. You don't. But you also don't got to go out of your way to be salty all the time. It's fucking crazy, man. It's kind of weird, to be honest with you. The energy he gives off in the, it, when, it comes to, when it comes to other players is, is really, really weird. And I don't know if it's for the entertainment value. Because I get in, I'm entertained by inside the NBA. People often... Um, talk about inside the nba and how it's not a great thing for the league because guys like charles and Shaq are constantly bashing on the game 
but uh, they're also entertaining to watch. And maybe, who knows, a show where guys were actually analyzing, like really, really analyzing the game, maybe it wouldn't do as well. I don't know. That's all a different conversation. But, uh, yeah, the Shaq, the Shaq thing is weird to me, man. The Shaq thing is weird. Allen Iverson's very secure, didn't win a championship. Career got uh, a bit derailed, but he's very secure. And Shaq comes off as really insecure with this. He he really does, because he went hard on Rudy Gobert, and he just does this with everybody, I guess. If you're a player, like, what do you... Like, if you're Rudy Gobert, you probably grew up... I mean, I don't know if you grew up from his country idolizing Shaq, but it, you grew up, and this is uh, one of the legends of the game, and one of the legends of the game is, like, on your case, and you never even said anything about him. That, that would probably feel like shit, right? <laughs> that would probably feel crazy. I don't know, man. Shaq has got a Shaq has got a complex. You're talking about NBA players that I would want to talk to in the future? That was a question last week, and it's like, I don't know. I might say the wrong thing about Shaq, and he might just step on me. I don't know if I would... <laughs> I don't know if I want to if I want to talk to Shaq in the future because I don't know I might slip and ask him about Dwayne Wade or Kobe or not Kobe because that that's that situation is completely different now but I slip up and talk about some of Miami and he might just like punt me or some shit I don't know anyways yeah now we're done with the NBA section we're done with the NBA section but it's not it doesn't change it doesn't get much different um moving on to the media section media section is still a bit basketball related uh, i won't take as long i see we're over an hour uh i do recommend for you on netflix to watch tony parker's documentary if you hadn't he also released a book too so the documentary I, i've been getting like i said i'm really busy all the time so i've been watching the documentary in parts i kind of watch it when i'm eating or when i'm going to sleep this shit is only an hour and a half i probably have like 20 minutes left but it's, it's really good it's actually gotten me to want to make a tony parker video this week so that'll probably be my next video on my channel is something for tony parker because watching it i mean of course documentaries do kind of get you to relive moments and maybe yeah everything they say about the guy is good so you might end up remembering people better than they were. But no, with Tony, he's routinely been, I think, one of the more underrated point guards throughout. Because nobody ever talks about him, right? Nobody makes Tony Parker appreciation posts. I don't see Tony Parker floating around NBA Twitter. And watching that documentary reminds you, like, this guy was like that. Kobe Bryant is a big part of the documentary. He specifically says Tony is a, is a reason or one of the big reasons he didn't win more championships. And, uh, yeah, Kobe filmed a lot for that that uh pod not pod <laughs> the documentary he filmed a lot for the documentary before the uh, tragedy so that was really cool to see because i i wonder how much other stuff is out there how much other stuff was kobe a part of uh before that happened so i was really happy to see that because it wasn't even like i was a little bit disappointed with um the michael jordan one that came out over the summer i thought kobe was going to be a a huge part of that and then it was just like one it's like one excerpt from him and that was it. Now he's he's quite a, he's in this one quite a bit. So I recommend giving this one a watch. And then uh I don't know, maybe go watch some Tony Parker highlights, cause for as good as he was, again, I guess that just kinda comes with being on the Spurs. Spurs stars did not really care that much about their brand and none of them were about the spotlight, so Tony was kinda overlooked, but yeah. I, I think a Tony Parker video is coming up soon. And, uh, yeah, that's, so uh, I'm not going to say much about it. Cause I don't want to, I don't know how you spoil a basketball player documentary when tons of it is history that already happened. I don't know how you spoil it, but just watch it for yourself. <laughs> um, the only other thing I wanted to say in media this week was, uh, NBA 2K shot meter. So in the last play now online, 
thing that we did on Twitch where you guys pick what team I use through channel points and also bet channel points on whether I'm going to win the game or not. Somebody had the part idea, hey Dom, turn your shot meter off. Because if you turn your shot meter off, you get a huge boost in shooting. And so, I, I'm, I, it's never that I didn't want to turn the shot meter off. It's just I never really thought about it. Oh, there goes my headphones. Yep, hopefully it doesn't pause audition. Headphones are dead and I'm still talking. Okay, cool. Whatever. Um... Yeah, it wasn't that I didn't want to turn the uh, shot meter off. It's just I just never thought about it. It's always on automatically, so I just play with I just play with it. And turning it off is like night and day. It's crazy. And I say that to say that if you're a 2K player and you play online or whatever mode you play, turn that bitch off, bro. I'm not sure. I can't. I actually can't say whether it works the same in every mode. I do know with the people like when I play with Ben on 2K, I hear people telling him turn the shot meter off our teammates tell him turn the shot meter off because then he'll actually hit shots <laughs> and yeah so if you watch some of the play now online vids i posted on this channel like the mavericks and the blazers and the game i played with the mavs i couldn't i couldn't hit the ocean i couldn't throw a ball in the ocean with that team i'm convinced i could probably go back with the mavs and win now because i turned the meter off and every shot either went in or it was like almost in and so i had i had shay on the thunder looking like ray allen I had got to play with the Lakers, and that wasn't fair at all. I was taking logo shots with LeBron. I would never take a logo shot. I took a logo shot with LeBron, and it went in. It's almost too easy. I'm not going to lie to you. It's almost too easy. Now, also, the competition I've, I've been playing has kind of been ass on play now as well, because people just don't really play the, mo the mode. But still, a lot of the games that I've lost so far, I feel like I've low-key been defeated by the shot by the lack or the lack thereof just not being able to hit like because i'll run a good offense i'm one of the rare people online that will actually run plays and try to get movement i don't just try to speed boost and bounce off of you until i can make a layup like i actually try to and i, I guess that might be a product for some people that play style that people use where they only try to go inside and they just try to run baseline it might be because they feel like they're not going to make any open shots so if you're one of those yeah shot meter going off will significantly increase your chances and if you run a good offense you'll actually be rewarded and so, yeah, that's what I've done so far. Like I said, I don't know if it's too easy to make shots with shot meters or the fact that I'm running good offense that people don't defend well because the competition isn't that great. And so I'm being rewarded for that. We'll see as I get into higher leagues and the competition gets different because there's people in like the Hall of Fame. It's like 40 people in the Hall of Fame on PlayStation 5. And you know, like those are probably like the greatest 2K players ever. Like you took the time on play now to go to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe they got there because of the lack of comp. Who knows? Anyways, yeah, on Twitch, we are doing kind of the, like I said at the beginning, the road to Hall of Fame thing and unlocking all the teams. And hopefully as more people get PS5, maybe they'll turn out to play online. Because playing online right now, in the freshman league, there's about 90,000 people. And then you go to the next league, I believe it's only like 6,000. It's fucking crazy. Nobody keeps playing that mode. One-on-one uh, -on -one is dead. Anyways, yeah, that's all, that's all for media this week. That's all I had to say. And my head is starting to hurt. We need to wrap this up creator highlight this week goes out to our guy rebound rewind yeah for the first time i am shouting out somebody else in the nba community doesn't happen by design it's just i don't watch a lot of nba stuff like i said that's really weird uh it's not really weird it's just i don't really be having time like that anyways uh rebound rewind great nba channel very unique nba channel they do all their videos by animation and so how could i describe it to you uh, it's kind of like basketball I don't, I don't want to call it cartoon. I don't want to give you the wrong idea. But yeah, basketball with cartoonish animation and informative videos as well. It's very unique. It's content that I don't think you'll actually get anywhere else on NBA YouTube because 
well, first of all, that shit takes like actual like talent, talent. You probably you have to sit with like Adobe Illustrator, probably Photoshop, After Effects. Most people probably wouldn't even have the time to do that. I find it very interesting, and I'm like, I wouldn't even attempt this. I just don't even have the time or desire. Um, but yeah, he he uh, makes NBA videos using his own animation, so he probably won't run into problems with copyright and whatnot. Because I think the NBA, one of the things with them is, or what I've looked at in the past, is if you make your videos different enough, they generally don't mess with you. And then sometimes, like on the street, come on right now, they just forget about you totally. But yeah, his channel is really good. Link will be in the comment section and description. Yeah, that's not one of the milk toast NBA uh, videos because a lot of the NBA videos are the same on this side of YouTube right now. So this is just something really unique. He has around 32,000 subscribers, I believe. Uh, he's been growing because I think last time I checked, I don't think he had that much. It had been a really long time. I had to, I had to like search for his channel because it had been a long time since I watched him. But uh, yeah, I figured he would be good for the highlight. And so he looks like he is finding some success. And uh, yeah, hopefully he finds much more because I, I respect the craft. Shit is fire. So I would I would go check that out if I were you. All right. Now we're on to questions. Let me drink some water. Just a reminder that the question section comes from Twitter most of the time. Maybe Instagram one day. <clears throat> yeah, maybe I'll reach out to Instagram and ask questions from y'all sometimes, but... Most of the time, it comes from uh, comes from Twitter. I ask for podcast questions. A lot of people ask questions about the NBA, and that just ends up becoming stuff that I talk about throughout the uh, podcast, which actually helped this week. Because again, like I said, when I tell you my Microsoft Word page was like all injuries, <laughs> it actually did help to have some people guide the conversation with those. So maybe your question will be answered there. But these uh, at the end normally end up being questions that aren't about the NBA. Again, just because I find a way to tie those in in the middle part. And, uh, yeah, they could be about anything. They could be about literally anything. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I go with these. Normally choose three to five. This week it looks like it's three. Rose on YouTube. Said Rose on YT. I'm, I know YT always stands for YouTube on here, especially when it's capitalized. Otherwise, it's some other, it's some other shit. <laughs> um, yes, the feeling when you got your first. What was your feeling when you got your first viral video on YouTube? And uh, assuming with the YT in his name, he's probably asking because he probably makes content. Um, yeah, no, uh, that's a feeling that hasn't hasn't returned yet. Actually, uh, the first one that I guess you could count as viral, yeah, was the LeBron. The three times LeBron's legacy was on the line, and they responded. I low key been thinking about remastering that video because, of course, I sound like a chipmunk in that shit. That was back in 2016. I never sounded like that in real life, by the way. I was using a gaming headset to record those videos, and uh, it's it, I don't know, shit sounded crazy for whatever reason. But yeah, no, when that happened, you gotta understand. I had been doing. I'd never had a viral video before that because it ended up. I think after. I think it reached a million views after. Maybe a week or two or something like that. Because one day it randomly got shouted out by those LeBron Facebook pages I always talk about. Then the views just grew and grew and grew. And then I think they, I think it went to, a, you know what? I don't know when it actually got to a million. Let me not lie. It just got so many views compared to like whatever other videos I had. But uh, no, it was like a moment of, it was like it's time, you know? It, it's like it's time. It's finally time. Because before that, that was in 2016. Like I said, I started YouTube at the end of 2013. So the end of YouTube at the end of 2013 and videos would get like maybe a thousand views. I think the most views I had ever had, like in a reasonable amount of time, was probably about 7,000. And so I was growing and things were going well. 
and then uh, because college started, I had to take a I had to take a short break, and then that basically killed all the growth I was having in 2014. And so I kind of worked on YouTube through college around that time. And uh, one time I had a video. I used to do a series called NBA Quick Notes. It was on this channel actually. This was my first channel. This is not my second channel, but it, this was the first channel I ever posted on YouTube on. And I um, I used to do a video called video series called Quick Notes, which may still be there. And I think one was, uh, I can't remember who I did it about. I think it was like a heat game or something like that. And I think I woke up in the morning and it had like 15K. And I was like, I was thrilled back then. That was also in late 2014, I believe. Or maybe it was late 2015. I can't remember. I was thrilled because, again, the most I'd ever had after a couple of weeks was like 7K. So then that happened. And it had like 15K in the morning. I damn near cried. <laughs> I damn near cried back then. I was a lot younger, obviously, too. The views meant something different back then. And so, yeah, the 2016 summer, I, like I said, when 2016 started, I had basically stopped YouTube. I didn't, I didn't post on YouTube for six months, came back that year in like July. And by August, I had my first survivor video. And so by that point, I, it had been almost three years since I posted my first video on YouTube. And I had always, um, I had always planned for it. Like I had always planned to have some type of success on the platform. And so when that happened, yeah, it's still a feeling that has never returned while I've been here. Because that, that first one was such a... It was so out of the norm. And knowing what I could do with it as well. Like, just watching my subscribers grow the way they were at that time. Because of that video, it brought in tons of subs. And it started a catapult. That's the thing, right? Like, now I look back at it, I'm way more thankful for it. Because I've seen channels that get a viral video... And that's it. Like, it, it doesn't stick. Like, they get that video, and then the next one is, like, back to normal. So you might see something with, like, 340,000 views, and the next video is back to 12K. And uh, now now that I see that phenomenon, I look back, and I'm like, yo, I really had that one LeBron video with my chipmunk-ass voice, by the way. I have no clue how people actually stuck around. That's, a, that's just a blessing in and of its own. I have no clue how that happened because if you watch that video, I sound so bad. I don't think I've watched that video in years just because I can't stand the way I sound in it. And, but no, I actually had people watch that and say, huh, I want to hear this guy more. And they kept subbing. And so the next video I posted after that had good views and the next one after that. And for the next few months, I just like punched as hard as I could and posted videos like every three days. And I was like, I'm going to keep this going. I'm going to keep going as hard as I can with this and take it as far as I can. And even today where I am now, you can literally trace it back to that one video the podcast I now have that people listen to, the the Twitch streaming that I do now where we're at like 40k on on Twitch and the main channel, like all the all the shit the having a big Twitter account, like you can literally trace it back to that one moment cuz I never stopped growing in some capacity after that video. It never stopped. Even now the growth is a lot slower, but it, it never just stopped though. It never hit a wall on any of, on any of my platforms. It never stopped. But anyways, yeah, as it was happening and as it was happening because I guess I might have like gone on a tangent, not really answered your question. Yeah, it was like Euphora. It was like Euphora. Um, because I would, I, I would have trouble sleeping at night because I was so excited to get up and make the next video after that. And knowing that there was actually be a crowd watching and that I actually had a real chance at what I've been doing for the last two or three years. That feeling, you know, it's it's a first time feeling, man. It's a first time feeling, and that's why it hasn't come back. It's not because like, oh, like I totally dread everything I do. No, no, it's just I don't think anything will ever replace that that first time you realize that you had like an actual you had you had a chance. And so I hope that happens for people, man. If you're 
if you're doing YouTube or Twitch or whatever you're doing and you're trying to find some type of success on these platforms, I hope you get to experience that. That uh, that whether no matter how far you make it, I hope you get to experience that first time feeling. Because I mean, that's not kind of crazy when I say it like that. But <laughs> talking about videos here, people. This is a uh, this is this podcast rated for everyone, kind of. Yeah, I, I hope you get to. I hope you get to experience that because it's totally euphoric. It doesn't come back. Like I guess the only thing that could happen now is like I the only feeling that could maybe replace that is videos I make start averaging like I don't know like. 500,000 700,000 views like maybe maybe that feeling would happen that way maybe not I don't know nothing will ever replace it so yeah if you're if Rose specifically asked the question if you haven't had that moment yet that shit is yeah hang on to it when it does that shit is crazy that's it's a it's a it it was great I'm rambling now let me move on (laughs) I got I got lost in nostalgia for a minute right there um AJ asked, when making content, how do you decide if you'll do it all for yourself or you're outsourced? For example, if you're going to pay a video editor, just do a whole documentary type video on your own. Uh, how do It normally depends what else is going on. Like, I very rarely ever use editors. Um, I had a streak where I, back in 2019 where I was using real life legend for a lot of... Uh, that's the guy who makes YouTube 2K montages. He was He was helping me out and he's a great editor. And I, I was using him a lot back then because I just simply didn't have time to keep up with the demand. Because I was at, at a point where people were watching the uh, the retro draft retrospective series. And so, like, to write those and research those took so long that I kind of, to keep up with how people were demanding those videos and the hot streak they put me on, I kind of had to outsource it. And so back then, yeah, I did that. But now it's kind of like I, I really don't outsource it unless there's just something uh, outstanding going on in my life. I kind of, because I'm really picky, man. I'm really, really picky about how I want a video to look, even if it's not a masterpiece, right? Like, I haven't set out to make a case for GOAT since October, and that those are, like, the masterpiece videos I consider. Those are the ones where I, like, I'm really delicate with, like, every detail of the video, but obviously I can't sustain that, doing everything else I do. So, but even then, like, when you hire an editor, Real Life Legend is great, but I've had other editors work for me before, and it's just so rare to find an editor that can actually do what you want because you try to explain it as much as you can and you still end up with something like talking about Tracy McGrady when he was on the magic and then the guy has put footage of him on the rockets there you know a little shit like that that I have to go back and fix and so you're just like bro I'm gonna work with this one guy sometimes but other times I'm just do the video myself even if it costs me time so I can get it to look how I want regardless of if it's a it's a masterpiece or not I just want it to look how I want it to look so yeah if there's something like per se if I let's say if I if I had like a Twitch sponsorship and I knew I had to fulfill a certain amount of streams or something like that, then I would probably say, okay, yeah, now I don't have time to sit down and make Damian Lillard's career story so far. Let me let me outsource that. Let me voice it over one night and then outsource that. That's how I make that decision. Just depends on whatever else is happening. But ninety nine percent of the time, videos are uh, videos that I edit. Like on my second channel, all the Play Now Online videos I make, I make all of those. Those are all mine. The uh, sound effects and shit, because I actually enjoy doing those. I enjoy going back and seeing the games that I played. And uh, I find those fun to make. So I could outsource those and get them out faster, but I really like making them, so I don't outsource them. And it saves me money, and I, I like doing it. So that's the other thing. If, I, if it's something that I really like doing, I'm not going to outsource it. If it's something like Case for Goat that I know has to look a certain way, I'm not going to outsource it. That's kind of how I make those decisions. Don't know if that helps or if you're on your own journey or not on content, but yeah, those are how I make those decisions. Last question goes to the TB. He asked, your favorite Call of Duty of all time in a funny college story? Um, 
my favorite Call of Duty of all time. I mean, I, I maybe it's nostalgia, but I, I would have to go Call of Duty for Modern Warfare. It was when I discovered Call of Duty. When me and my friends would, uh, when it was like this thing that you couldn't get enough of, right? Like Dragon Ball Z, I felt like it was a thing when I was younger, I just couldn't get enough of, so it always stuck with me. Call of Duty 4 was a game that my friends had and that my cousin had, and it was su- such a superior gun game compared to anything I had played at that point that it, it felt like gold, right? It always felt like gold, playing it online and playing, uh, going to my friend's house on his widescreen TV and playing it. It was just something I was like, bro, I cannot get enough of this damn game. So, um, that, that I think, yeah, I, I'd probably have to go. Because after that, it just became a regular thing, right? I, I'm lying. I'm lying like hell right now. My bad. What the fuck am I talking about? Okay, let me, let me answer it this way. The Call of Duty I'm most nostalgic about and the one that gave me a feeling, kind of like how my first viral video gave me a feeling I'll never have, uh, Call of Duty 4 gave me a feeling I'll never have. I'm lying to you, though. My favorite Call of Duty is Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Okay, I'm yeah, I was about to say, because somebody was about to this you me really hard. Because, like, I know I've talked about Black Ops 2 being my favorite. Yeah, so Call of Duty 4 was the one I, I absolutely loved. But Black Ops 2, I, um, I prestiged in it. I played it when 2K13 failed me the summer before I went to college, and I just couldn't stand it anymore. Call of Duty Black Ops 2 had my back. I, I loved that game. I loved the maps. I loved the guns. I loved the gameplay. I even liked the story mode in Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Yeah, Call of Duty Black Ops 2 would have to be. Because even now, like I, I went back and I tried to play it probably like uh, a couple of months ago, and I can't now because everyone's modding. But yeah, I, I hope that they remaster that one. That's Black Ops 2 is a shit. Uh, funny caught story, man. I've been playing. I've literally purchased almost every. Only Call of Duty I didn't buy was that uh, Advanced Warfare, is what it was called. I I don't know if that exists. That there's one that came out like 2015. Whatever one was in 2015, I don't think I bought. Um. So yeah, I mean, I just, there's plenty of shit that's happened, right? I, I wasn't really a Call of Duty shit talker. I don't know. I guess discovering, I guess discovering the grenade fuckery would be a funny Call of Duty story because that's when my cousin brought down Call of Duty Four, and we were uh, playing. As a matter of fact, I had, I went and got it myself too. So we had two TVs hooked up in the same room, and I remember we both died because somebody threw a grenade like across the map. And that was the first time I discovered <laughs> like chucking grenades when a game starts in COD. But again, when I was young, you know, I, I thought of people who played online and could do stuff like that. I thought they were like pros. And so that story had always stuck with me because the replay showed that the guy threw that shit from across the map and it went like through a building and killed us. And so I always thought he was like some programmer when in reality, that's just what you do sometimes, right? When you start a Call of Duty matches, you you unpin one and just let that bitch sing and whatever it hits, it hits. Uh, but I still remember the exact map too. It was, uh, it was, it was the one where I don't even know how to describe it to you. I don't know how to describe it to you. It's like a village in the desert or something and there's a helicopter down and one, at some place in that level, there's like a, a minigun that you can attach yourself to in, in a building and, and shoot people with. You can kind of like camp in the building and like shoot whatever, whatever's on the ground. I don't know what that building is called or what that what that map is called. But yeah, that's the one I always remember. I was never much of a Call of Duty shit talker and uh, being with the toxic lobbies. I always heard that stuff, but I never, I don't think I really ever participated that much. I'll probably have more fun at Call of Duty stories. If I remember another one next week, I'll make sure to let you know. I did not let you know that this podcast is on Spotify and iTunes at the beginning. That probably would have helped. So I guess I'll have to put a uh, thing at the beginning of the video there. And remind you, if you enjoyed this pod, yeah, if you're going to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, it would help if you rated it five stars. It would help if you share it, if you enjoy it. Hit the like button on the video helps, all that good stuff. And then if you hit the bell next to my name, 
<clears throat> the bell next to my name on this channel, really cool thing happens. You get notifications every time I post a video, if you care to hear that much. All right, I'll see y'all next week, and hopefully the NBA will still be running. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.